We never step out of what we do every day. Therefore, there's no excitement. We get into what's called a rut. I learned a long time ago, a rut is simply a grave with both ends kicked out. If we expect to do something, we have to crawl out of that. But pastor, how do we crawl out? Well, one of the things that you can do is, when's the last time you told somebody about Jesus if you're a Christian? When is the last time that you stood up for what was right? When was the last time that you didn't just give in to popular opinion, the popular vote, and peer pressure? It's amazing what will happen inside your very being and the rush that you will get when you just simply stand against the odds. When you decide to take a risk, when you decide to stand up, when you decide to dare again. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to take you just quickly this morning on a little journey from childhood to adulthood and to hopefully, as they keep working on this, how many ever saw that little bumper sticker or not bumper sticker, that little poster where there's a picture of a cat hanging on a rope. And the, and the poster said, Friday's coming, tie a knot and hang on. Anybody ever saw that? Now, come on, I know some of you older folks have seen it. It was a big craze back in the way back when. I remember reading a story about a man that fell off a cliff, and he would have fallen to his death except on the way down he caught a branch. And the man, uh, don't worry if you hear feedback and all that kind of stuff, it's not, it's not uh, uh, E.T. phoning home, it's just them trying to do their thing. So the man started to scream, is there anyone up there? Hoping to hear, that hear, somebody would hear his voice. Being a Christian man, he began to pray. And a novel thought to, came to his mind, and he started praying and said, God, can you help me? And all of a sudden, the voice of God began to speak to him and said, My son, do you trust me? And the man knew that it was God and said, Yes, God, I do trust you. He said, Well, son, let go and fall into my arms. To that, the young man responded, Is there anyone else up there? You know, the reality is, I think one of the greatest difficulties we have as Christians is sometimes all we do is hang on. We're bent, 
sadly, on hanging on to the wrong things. And what happens is that when we've gotten to the proverbial end of our rope, we tendency, our tendency is to tie a knot and hang on longer and longer. Well, what I want to do today is I want to take you into just a few moments of time that says, a few moments of time that says, why don't you let go and let God do what God wants to do? Why don't you let go and try one more time? There are so many people in the church of Jesus Christ that have been hurt, that have been offended, that have been frustrated, listen to me, by church people. Not by the world. Oh, yeah, we go through stuff in the world. But by church folks. People that they say they can count on. But when you look around, they can't even be counted in because they're not there. In Mark chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, let me read some scripture to you about some people that have this issue. The scripture says when Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd had gathered around him while he was by the lake. And then one of the synagogue leaders, and I want you to understand, that's very important to, to listen to, his name was Jairus, and he came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Now look at the picture, a synagogue leader falls at Jesus' feet. Jairus began to earnestly pray and said, Lord, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her that she might be healed. Now listen to me. This is Jairus. He's one of the Sanhedrin. He does not believe Jesus is the Messiah at the time prior, but today he's doing what? He's coming to Jesus and falling at his feet. You know why? Because he heard that God was doing miracles through this man, and this man is known as the Messiah. So the Bible scripture continues on. Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed him and pressed about him. Comes in our second person. A woman was there that was subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. How many here have went to doctors and only suffered worse after you left? Okay, we won't talk about that much under the great care of many doctors, and has spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Underline this next phrase or write it down in your notes. When she had heard about Jesus, does it sound like Jairus? When she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd. Now understand, this crowd, it was a throng of potentially thousands of people and this little woman that was so frail because she has had this issue for many, many years, she comes and she says these words, if I can just touch his clothes. Ladies and gentlemen, some of us have to get to the place where we say, if I can just touch Jesus, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed. She did. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Now, I want you to look at this next passage. At once, Jesus realized that power, that anointing, had came out of him, and he turned around the crowd, and listen, he asked, who touched my clothes? 
And the disciples said, you see the people crowding about you, and you ask, who touched me? Now look around to this next verse. Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said, said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now, as we go to the next part, because Jairus is going to come back into the scene. This woman touched him, said, if I can just touch him, later for the people, later for the situation, later, if I can just touch him, I can be set free. There's some of us in this place, you need to stop, start looking past church. There's some of us come to church thinking it's going to change us. Church doesn't change us, folks. Christ changes us. Church fills us because Christ has changed us. But there's a lot of us in this room that have gone to church many, many years only like the woman and gotten worse. Oh, not because church is bad in itself. It's because you're coming to church for the wrong reason. We come to church to receive from the Lord, not from man. I appreciate the people who think, Pastor, you are an awesome preacher. Oh, praise the Lord. But what I want more than anything is not to hear that. I want to hear people say, Pastor, that message changed my life. That message affected my life. Go in peace, Jesus said. You're suffering. You have been made whole. And while he was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus and said, your daughter is dead. Do not bother the teacher any longer. Look at me, please. There's some of us in this room today, our hope is dead. Our joy is dead. Our peace is dead. Our, our, our confidence is dead. And we say, what the heck is the use? Anybody here besides me ever come to that place in your life? Mine only happened yesterday, but that's, that's okay. We come to those places. Yes, even pastors come to those places. I come to church, and there's sometimes I love you, and there's sometimes I don't like you. Look at somebody and say, did he really say that? And somebody else will look back to their part of this church and say, yeah, he sure did. Sometimes we we got nothing. And everybody says, why even trying anymore? Now let's take you out of the church. I guarantee you the world's going to tell you that. Mom and dad's going to say, why do you go to church? It doesn't make any difference. Brother and sister are going to say, why do you go to church? Your friends at work, why do you go to church? These people, those people, why do you do this? Why do you do It doesn't make any difference. But in your heart of hearts, you know, oh, it makes lots of difference. Listen to the last line in our text. Overhearing the people say what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid. Just believe. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you're at. If you'll just believe. God promises he'll get you where you're going. But sometimes we got to step up and step out before we'll ever see God step in. We've got to take some risks. Some of us are old enough to remember the Challenger disaster of 1986 where the space shuttle Challenger went up in the air and as it was climbing, it disintegrated into a million pieces. It was almost 15 years later before the next shuttle was taken into the air again. And I remember that time like it was yesterday. I watched the shuttle explode on live television at the time. I remember it as if it was yesterday. And I remember the newspapers that day all over the country, probably all over the world. 
But one article stood out more than anything was Time Magazine. And the title had a picture of the space shuttle and the great letters across it said, To Dare Again. Sadly, many Christians give up on God's promises because of circumstance, because of situations. Some do because they don't want to leave the familiar to step out into the unknown. They don't want to leave the guaranteed to go back into the promise. They've already tried the things of God and walked away, and now they're afraid to try again. In England, they have a, an elite forces group that's called the Special Air Services, the SAS. And the motto of this group is, those who dare win. As a Christian, one of the worst things that we can have happen in our life is complacency and apathy and familiarity. Because if this happens, we will fall into a rut. We will fall into what I would call the everything, always, any day, all the time, mundane life. Where nothing new ever happens. We never challenge ourselves, therefore we're never challenged. We never step out of what we do every day, therefore there's no excitement. We get into what's called a rut. I learned a long time ago, a rut is simply a grave with both ends kicked out. If we expect to do something, we have to crawl out of that. But pastor, how do we crawl out? Well, one of the things that you can do is, when's the last time you told somebody about Jesus if you're a Christian? When is the last time that you stood up for what was right? When was the last time that you didn't just give in to popular opinion, the popular vote, and peer pressure? It's amazing what will happen inside your very being and the rush that you will get when you just simply stand against the odds. When you decide to take a risk, when you decide to stand up, when you decide to dare again. Jairus was about to understand what it meant to go against the flow. He was a prominent member of the synagogue. He was a prominent member of the Sanhedrin. His M.O. was not to stand against the odds, but it was to go with the flow until something happened. He got to the end of his rope. In John chapter 3, we find another man that was a member of the Sanhedrin. His name was Nicodemus. And the Bible says that he came to Jesus by night. The scripture's on the screen there. He came to Jesus by night. Maybe he was afraid of what the colleagues would say. At least Jairus came out openly. There's a time when Jesus will challenge you to not keep your relationship with him silent anymore. You see, the Bible says Jairus knew about Jesus. Yet, like Nicodemus, could it be that he was more concerned about what other people thought, that it was not until he got to the end of his rope that he went to this radical prophet for help? How about you? How about I? Are there times in our life when we're just, we're just kind of hitting against the wall and we're like that guy hanging on the string? The last thing we do is cry out to the Lord. And then when we do cry out to the Lord and we sense God wants us to do something we don't like, we start crying out somewhere else. Has anybody been like that? 
Do you still dare to believe that what you heard that God said he would do would be true? See, something happened in Jairus' heart. Something happened in Nicodemus' heart. Something happened in this, this, this widow woman's heart. Tradition broke. Religion broke. Logic broke. They came to a place where they knew they had to touch Jesus. They had to take a chance. They had to dare again and come to a place to say, is everything we've heard about this man true? Could this man do what I have heard? Look at me, folks. Yes. He can do everything. Too many times what happens is we get taken down and we refuse to stand back up. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 said, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What is the key of these three people? They came to a place of desperation. They had no place left to turn. In your life and mine, we'll always come to a place where God will make sure we get to the end of our rope. That we stand up and say, except for the grace of God, I have no hope. What do we do then? When we got no place left to turn, every avenue exhausted, why is it then and only then that most of us run to Jesus? Could it be the same fear that Nicodemus and Jairus and the woman dealt with? Could it be the thought of rejection of friends? Could it be the idea that they think, wow, you go to that church? Could it be you just don't want to deal with change? G.K. Chesterton made a powerful statement many years ago. He said these words, it would seem that if you leave things alone, you leave them as they are but you actually do not. If you leave something alone, you leave it to the torrent called change. And he gives an example. If you take a white post and you leave it alone, how many have witnessed it soon becomes a black post? Matter of fact, if you want that white post to be particularly white, you have to take that old white post and repaint it to make it a new white post. This is what happens in inanimate things. They're continually under the torrent of change. Well, let me take you to the animate world. You and I, we are barraged with change every day. And it's a special and terrible sense that is true in you and in yours and my life that if we are not continually changing, we're continually falling. If we want the good old church, we have to risk a good new church. Just like if we want the good old days, we got to do something about the good new days. Jairus, Nicodemus, the woman with the issue of blood, they said, I've got to take a dare, and I've got to touch Jesus. Even if you don't think you have any strength, I have learned this amazing amount of strength that we can muster when we really believe something or someone will make a difference. Can I hear you say amen? The Bible says she tried everything else. The Bible says he tried everything else. But this woman got to the end of a rope and said, I've got to let go, and I've got to ask God to help me. We need to 
to become a people of desperation for the things of God. Especially in a world that is pulling us every single direction. Amazing. Jairus had to come to this place. Nicodemus had to come to this place. The woman with the issue of blood. I don't care where you have been. You might say, Pastor, I have tried everything. I don't think so. Because my Bible still says I can do all things through Christ. And if we have tried Christ, oh, you may have tried church. Folks, can I tell you, some churches just flat suck. Can I say that in church? What are you laughing about, Kathy? They do, don't they? You know, some churches will get mad at you because you're wearing your hat in church. That's cool. I kind of like it. Can I have it? Don't worry. Don't take it off. No, no, no. God won't strike you with lightning or anything. Folks, am I telling you the truth? Some of you are sitting in some of the church chairs of the regular folks who come to our church. And they're sitting in other chairs and they didn't throw you out. I don't care where you've been. It really doesn't matter. Most of us have gone to things and done things, I can guarantee, for the wrong reason. But if you will give Jesus a chance, if you will give Jesus a chance, you say, Pastor, I've got a bunch of friends. They'll, They'll make fun of me. Yeah, thank you for saying that. So? Well, I got, you know, Mom and Dad, they're just not behind. That This blows my mind. I've actually known parents that don't want their kids to go to church. We'll figure it out. Matter of fact, they'll punish their kids and keep them home from church when they get bad grades. Where should you send them? How many think you might have got better grades if you went to church more often? Don't raise your hand, please. Jairus came to this place. Nicodemus came to this place, the woman with the issue of blood. They said, I don't care what's happened. All I know is something's got to happen. Last week I ministered a message called The Problem with Yesterday. And we'll conclude today's message with that same thought. The problem with yesterday is it just won't go away. You've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. Have you been to church and just got messed up? It's not God's fault, folks. Look at somebody and say, I can't blame God anymore. Not God's fault. God did it the right way. He just put man in charge of it, and we've messed it up a lot. He told the church at Ephesus, and this is what I want you to understand. He said, you need to return to your first love. In Revelation 3, we find the passage, Revelation 2 and 3, we find the passages, and the reality is God didn't say you lost your first love. He said you left your first love. And what God is telling us is time to get back to the place where we notice the problem started slipping away, confront the problem, let God restore our joy, let God restore our peace, let God restore our strength, let God restore our hope, and ultimately let God restore our victory. He told Jairus, only believe. You know what he told Jairus? He said, son, it's time to make a commitment. You've tried the religious way, how about try the kingdom way? He said, it's time to make a commitment, Jairus. You know what he told the woman with the issue of blood? 
When Jesus turned around to say, who touched me? When, when you read the, read the original language, the Bible says that Jesus turned around to see her that touched him. Jesus knew exactly who touched him. But you know what Jesus said? It's time to come out of the shadows. It's time to come out of the closet. It's time to make a public decision for Christ. Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a religious fellow. The Bible says that Jesus had the conversation in John 3. Nicodemus, you know so much, yet you still don't know me. There's people in this church right here today that know the Bible. They know religion. They know different sacraments. They know different uh, uh, ordinances. They know different things they're supposed to do. The problem is they just don't do them. Do you know him so well, yet not really know him at all? You say, well, pastor, how do I know? You make a decision to follow him no matter what everybody else does. Are you willing to take that risk? To all that would dare to take a risk, to all that would stand when you've done all you can do to stand, to all that would rise up, when you feel like laying down, to all that would jump in when you feel like getting out, Jesus this morning is here to tell you, if I be for you, who can be against you? Why should you fear what man can do? For greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.